Welcome to this podcast from The Well, a United Methodist Church in Rosemount, Minnesota. Thank you for taking the time to listen. For more information, please check us out at thewellmn.church. Grace and peace be with you. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning and welcome to worship. I am Pastor Ed, and I'm hiding behind the mask for a reason. Um, Last Tuesday, Rosie was diagnosed with COVID, and she was a little bit sick. Yesterday, she started getting better. Um, That's been five full days. I've tested negative four times, including this morning. I'm pretty sure I'm negative, but we have a policy here that if you've been directly exposed to COVID, you need to isolate for 10 days. So I'm isolating from up here. I can't shake hands today, but hi, everybody. There we go. (laughs) So I rejoice. Okay. Uh, Let's see what our announcements are here. We have one more Wednesday night meal this Wednesday, and... Oh, we got the Cub Chicken. That's so good. Make sure you come for that. Uh, It always sells out. Um, These these meals are a lot of fun. Um, Ice cream sundaes at the end. It's just a great fellowship opportunity. I hope that you, if you haven't made one, try and make this one. It's worth it. Then we'll be taking a break until after Christmas. After the meal, there's all sorts of things. There's activities for children and for youth. There's pickleball. There's choir practice. And there is um, a group that meets in the chapel that calls itself, What Does It Mean to Be Affirming?, which is just dialoguing regarding um, what it means for our congregation to be an affirming congregation, welcoming welcoming gays and lesbian people to all aspects of ministry. Uh, They are going to be doing a book. I think I saw that pop up there in the slide in January. They're they're, they're going to be reading a book together by Tyler Sitt uh, in January uh, called, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's The Gospel for Changemakers, and I really like that idea. If you don't know who Tyler Sitt is, he's an amazing pastor in Minneapolis. Oh, there's the book on the cover. We'll talk about that more as we get into January, but if you'd like to buy a book in advance, we have them here. What else is coming up? Our holiday schedule, this coming Saturday, is our concert here, 7 p.m. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a great event. Our uh, choir and our band are all rehearsing and getting ready, and we're excited about that. And December 24th, Christmas Eve this year, is a Sunday, as I've mentioned many weeks in a row. And it's going to be a little bit different, because we have two services in the afternoon, We have our family contemporary service at 4 and a traditional candlelight service at 9. So then we had to ask this question, do we ask people to come Sunday morning also? Or do we take that day off? And we came to this conclusion. We're going to have one service on Sunday morning, and it's at 10. So if you get here at 9, just sit down and relax and, you know, wait for 10. Uh, But it'll be a good experience, and I look forward to Christmas this year. We're back to our normal schedule on the 31st. Our food pantry challenge. I still got my hair on my head, so that means we're not done yet. (laughs) But we're darn close. Uh, We have over 1,900 pounds of food. So we're within 100 pounds of our goal. I'm sure we can make that, and I rejoice. 
Now, we set the same goal of $2,024 uh, for Community 360. Why do they need the money? What do they do with that? Well, I got a great letter from them this week, and I want to share parts of it with you, talking about their ministries. Their food shelf, in 2021, 8,400 families used the food shelf. 8,400 families in 2021. In 2023 so far, 17,000 families. It's more than doubled. This is happening right here in our backyard. This is in our community. People are struggling. So we wanna be very supportive of that. They do some other amazing things. Financial assistance for individuals has gone up from 2021. Uh, it was 463, now this year it was 1,500. Um, they do all kinds of great work, and I, I just want to be as supportive of them as we can. Now, a $1,000 gap. I want my hair cut by next Sunday. How are we going to get this done? I have great news. An anonymous donor is going to match the next $1,000 that come in. We can do this today, folks, okay? We can do this today. If we get $500 in donations today, that'll be matched and we'll be at our goal, and that'll be a lot of fun. So I hope that we can do that. How can you make an offering? Well, I'm glad you asked. In the pews is this envelope, and it's for something different, but I'll talk about that too. These are our Advent offerings for special ministries, and we have our two missionaries we support, Greg Strock, who preached here once, he's in Czechoslovakia, and Wick Monk, I, I don't understand who that is exactly, but it's a ministry in Tunisia in Northern Africa, and we support them as well. Now, we also support Simpson Shelter, which is helping people who are experiencing homelessness, a great ministry, I've supported that in many of my other churches, and Mobility Worldwide. Mobility Worldwide builds carts for people who are disabled, live in the third world, and trust me, I've been, I spent a lot of time in the third world. It is not handicap accessible. Public transportation just is not what it is here. And so they build these carts right here. Be sure to come down and take a look at it afterwards. These are built right here in Minnesota. The Minnesota shop has built 2,000 of these. That's pretty cool. Nationwide, they have built and shipped 100,000. I've seen these in action in Honduras. They change people's lives. People who can't walk, the ones I saw, they built a little store in the back and they would ride around town selling stuff. And it was just amazing to see that at work. Um, how much does it cost, Mark? What was it? About $400 to build and ship one of these. So if you can make a donation to that, that's great as well. So those are our four ministries. If you want to help with the food shelf and you're wondering how do I do that physically, just write on this envelope for food shelf, okay? And we'll make sure that that donation gets matched as well. Those are our special Advent offerings. Please rise as you are able for our call to worship. We are divided within ourselves with too much to do, too many people to impress, too many demands for our attention. Awake us with peace. We create and celebrate many unholy divisions 
rich and poor, black and white, young and old, people who are considered legal and illegal, progressive or conservative. Give us peace. Too often the peace we find is shallow and soothes our anxieties for just a moment. Fill us with a peace that grasps the soul and won't let go. Give us a peace large enough to hold all of your creation, O God, for it is then we truly begin to live. Bless us with your peace. So this week, as we light candles, say prayers, and enter the last days of Advent, give us a simple gift, O God, a little child we can follow. Awaken us to your peace. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in our lighting of our Advent wreath. Last Sunday, we lit the first candle, the candle of hope. You're supposed to light it. (laughs) Today, we light the second candle, the candle of peace. We light it knowing full well that peace is elusive, and in some parts of the world, it is completely absent. Yet in this season of Advent, we trust that God is never absent from us. God is always preparing something new. And even when there is war and discord, God is present, gently leading us to new possibilities. In this time of preparation and planning, we thank you for the hope and peace you offer us. Show us the creative power of hope. Teach us that lasting peace comes from justice. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you so that we may walk in the light of Christ. Amen. The Holy Scriptures for today come from chapter 40 of Isaiah. If you've read Isaiah, it's a big book. It's 66 chapters. And people who are smarter than I am, who can read the original Hebrew and who studied it carefully, hypothesize, because we can't be sure, that it's not just one person writing all 66 chapters. It's three people writing in the spirit of Isaiah. I suspect that's true because if you've read the first 39 chapters, and God bless you if you have, three or four of them are really pretty good. (laughs) And it's not that the rest aren't good, but the rest are a little depressing. It's all about Assyrians coming from the north to attack Jerusalem. It's all about people being taken into exile. It's all about war and destruction. And woe to you people of Israel for having broken the covenant. Your punishment will be sure and swift. And then he just repeats it seven, eight, nine, twelve times, something like that. <laughs> but then you get to chapter 40. And we suspect this is written after the Babylonians have come. I said Assyrians before, I meant Babylonians. After the Babylonians have arrived and taken people into exile in Babylon, modern-day Iraq, living there away from their homeland, dying to go home, when they're given that chance by Cyrus, the king of Persia. I won't go into all that history, but... This is when Isaiah number two is writing to the people. And no more is it doom and gloom to you. Now there is hope. Now there is peace and love and comfort. Guess which one I like better? (laughs) So from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 11. 
Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak compassionately to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her compulsory service has ended and her penalty has been paid. That compulsory service, that penalty is probably the exile that's happened. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice is crying out, Clear the Lord's way in the desert. Make a level highway in the wilderness for our God. Every valley will be raised up and every mountain and hill will be flattened. Uneven ground will become level and a rough terrain a valley plain. That's the reason we're reading this today. Who says those things in the New Testament? John the Baptist. He's preparing the way. Prepare the way. He's the voice in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. Get ready. My seminary professor said, this is the prophet saying to those in Babylon, modern-day Iraq, you're going to be going to Jerusalem, and we're going to build a superhighway. <laughs> it's going to be four lanes wide, you know, no tolls, no speed limit. Just get on there and go like crazy because we're going to knock down the hills and we're going to fill up the valleys. Now, of course, that doesn't happen, literally. This is a metaphor. You who are far off from God, you who are far off from the Holy Land, you who are not at home, have been invited to come back by God himself. What's preventing it? What's keeping you from going home? Is there a challenge so great it feels like a mountain? Have you struggled to get up that darn thing time and time again and you're still struggling, hoping someday you'll get to the top? God says, I'm going to knock that one down. Are you in a valley? I've been in this valley. It's not good. Have you been in that valley where you can't see the hope, you can't feel the light on your face, you can't think there's anything good is ever going to happen? And you despair? In my opinion, that's tougher than the darn mountain. God says, I'm going to fill that valley in and make it a level place for you. I will knock down the valleys. I will fill up the valleys. I will knock down the mountains and I will fill up the valleys so that you can return home. I will make this way for you, says the Lord, and I rejoice. The Lord's then the Lord's glory will appear, and all humanity will see it together. Now, would this were true? Would that God would come down, and all people on all networks and on every app would see the same darn thing? <laughs> We live in a world where everybody's got an opinion and everybody can find that opinion supported on the internet. Whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't seem to matter. But if we all saw the same darn thing, maybe we could be united then. A voice was saying, call out. And another said, what should I call out? Now, if you read the first part of Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah goes into the temple of the Lord and has this vision, and he sees God sitting on a throne. 
And God asked all the angels and beings around him, who shall I send to speak to my people? And Isaiah steps forward and says, here am I, send me. It's a beautiful passage. It's read at almost every ordination I've ever been at. Somebody stepped forward and said, I want to go. I want to go to the people with your message, with your word, God. Send me. It's beautiful if you don't read the next part. Because <laughs> the next part promises, it doesn't matter how well you preach, they're never going to listen to you. <laughs> so this is reminiscent of that. A voice was saying, call out. Another said, what should I call out? All flesh is grass, and its loyalties like the flowers of the field. The grass dries up and the flower withers when the Lord's breath blows upon it. All the flesh is grass. Feel your flesh. This is temporary. This is passing. I've truly come to believe that as we age and all these ailments hit us, there's a reason for this. I'm not as young as my children. I'm not as young as my grandkids. I see them doing things, you know, dropping on the floor and playing and doing things. It's like, oh, that's going to take me a while to get down there and then get back up again, you know. <laughs> that little struggle is, is a message Ed, wake up. Ed, wake up. All this flesh, your body is like the grass. It's like the flowers in the field. It's going to wither and decay. Where's the good news in that, Lord? <laughs> really, we're all just going to get sick and die? Yeah. The Apostle Paul says, we've received this great treasure from God. This infinite value in a jewel that's so almighty that you can't even put a price on it. And God put it inside of a clay pot. <laughs> and the clay pot cracks, it shatters. It's a great image, isn't it? I like that text. When I preach on it, I bring a clay pot and I, I break it in the church. So hopefully it doesn't come up while I'm still here. <laughs> but it's, it's a perfect image for what we go through. We've been given a great gift and we've got it on the inside, but the outside is wasting away. The outside is going to fail. And someday, we'll all come to the same end. So where's the hope? All flesh is grass, its loyalty is like the flowers of the field. The grass dries up and the flower withers when the Lord's breath blows on it. That's an interesting line. I've got to stop and talk about that. When the Lord's breath blows upon it. When did God blow on people before? We had it a few weeks ago. The Adam and Eve story. God gets down on the Garden of Eden into the dirt, and he shapes a man out of clay. And it's lifeless. And he says he breathes into his nostril. like that detail. Little mouth-to-nose resuscitation. He breathes his spirit into him, his ruach, his, his breath. 
and it gives life. We see that when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he gives up his what? Spirit and dies. This is interesting to me because we talk about grass fading and flowers withering. Because why? Because that life-giving breath of God is blowing upon it. What the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. The grass dries up and the flowers wither, but our God's word will exist forever. There's the good news. My hope is not in my flesh. My hope is not in my brain. My hope is not in my accomplishments. My hope is in the word of God, which is eternal. John told us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And without that Word, nothing was created. That Word has been here since the Big Bang, and that Word will be here after we're long gone. That Word is eternal. And it's in me, and it's in you. So go up on a high mountain, messenger Zion. Raise your voice and shout, messenger Jerusalem. Raise it and don't be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Here is the Lord God coming with strength, with a triumphant arm, bringing his reward with him and his payment before him. Oh, gosh. Would that God would come down with his triumphant arm and strength and just smash some people I don't like. <laughs> just smash the bad guys. That's kind of what this image is impressing upon me, but then you read the next verse. Ed, you got it wrong. Like a shepherd, God will tend the flock. He will gather lambs in his what? Arms. That arm that was going to smash, I thought, is going to hug and pick up and care for. He will gather lambs in his arms and lift them up into his lap, and he will gently guide the nursing ewes. This is a beautiful message for today. It just, it speaks to me at so many different levels. Those mountains we have to climb, those valleys we sink into, God's going to help with that. That despair we feel, that hopelessness, God's going to help with that. And we have to be aware We've been given the gift of life and we're being reminded constantly it is temporary. It is fleeting. I'll bring you some pictures of when I was in Israel, one of the church, in Italy, one of the churches there has nothing but skeletons in the inside of it. <laughs> some monks have gathered literal skeletons, bones from other monks, and put them on display. And there's a little sign that says, we were once like you are. You will soon be like, you will soon be like we are. <laughs> it's so cheerful. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Because there is a gem. There is something inside me. There's a breath. There's a spirit inside of me that will last forever. And for that, I give thanks. I hope that this is a good Christmas for you. That coming of the Christ child in the midst of all the confusion and the chaos and the troubles of this world is a reminder 
that God is here forever, and we can rejoice in that. So grace to you and peace from God, who is our Father and our Lord and Savior, who is Jesus the Christ. Amen. Advent is our season of waiting for the coming of Jesus our Lord. So what are we waiting for then? We wait for the little child who will lead us. Let us make room for him in our hearts at this time. May Christ go with you as you leave here today. Amen. Amen.